What's up everyone? Welcome back to Self-Help Witch. Today we are talking all about the nodes changing signs. I'm talking with Ari Moshe Wolf, who I've had on the show before. I'm linking our first talk in the show notes, so check that out if you haven't already. It's going to be a great foundation for you to get into this talk. We're talking all about what it means that the nodes are changing signs, what the nodes mean in your natal chart as well as in transit. We're taking a look at the Libra Aries axis. So we get super deep into the energy of Libra and Aries and what the teaching of each of these energies are. So you'll have a really thorough idea of what it means that the South Node will be in Libra and the North Node will be in Aries. Plus, we are talking about the Pluto square, which we talked a lot about in our first discussion together, but Ari gives a really helpful perspective on Pluto and Capricorn's part in the nodes changing signs because the nodes are also scoring Pluto. So there's a lot to consider, but of course, Ari does an incredible job putting it all together for us. So again, if you want to hear that first talk, the link's in the show notes. Ari's work is also linked down there. So if you want to learn more from him, please, I encourage you to do so. As you will hear, he's a great teacher and he's got a lot of wisdom on all of the archetypes that we're talking about today. If you're new here, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching, and let us know if you have any questions. You can drop a comment or send me an email, Dana at selfhelpwitch.com. Enjoy the conversation. Okay. Well, welcome back, Ari. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Great to be here. So we're talking today about the nodes changing signs, and I'm excited to share this talk with people because I think the nodes are one of the most like controversial points in astrology. And maybe that's not the right word, but there's just so many different takes on what the nodes mean and symbolize in the chart. So I would love to hear from you how you conceptualize what the nodes represent. Okay, cool. So let's tune into what the nodes represent. When we speak about the transiting nodes and the natal nodes, it's the same idea, but we will differentiate the two at some point. So the nodes correspond to how we are integrating our evolutionary experiences moment to moment. We can say in general, the nodal axis being a polarity is continually inviting us to meet our own dualities, to meet where we're invested in one way of perceiving, one way of being in relationship to ourselves and to life. So in our needle charts, we can say the south node corresponds to, and I know we spoke a little bit about this. Actually, we had a really wonderful meeting several months ago. So I definitely encourage anyone to look back at that where we spoke a lot about the nodes in general. We can think of the South Node as how we in this human experience have come to know ourselves. What is the way in which we formed a human identity? So it's going to correspond to our familiar pattern of being someone. As a soul, we're not a body, we're not a gender, we're not a personality, but the soul comes into and takes on those things. And all of those things really serve as the vehicle for our evolutionary purposes, for the soul's evolutionary purpose. So the South Node simply says, this is the kind of vehicle that you walked. So if we just think of the 12 signs in general, 
we're going to have a combination of 12 times 12, some science, some house, and a bunch of aspects that will generally speak to the nature of the human personality structure. And that is how the soul integrates experience, meaning as a human with a particular personality, a particular lens, it's very useful to think of the nodes as a lens. Mm -hmm. We're going to see everything differently, one person to the other. So that lens, it's a filter through which we're integrating our experience and internalizing it. It's completely subjective. There's no objective reality to it. And I'd like to emphasize that the human personality, how we as a soul image and picture ourselves, our sense of self, it doesn't have any existence on its own. It's a projection. It's a projection of self. So when we look at that south node in our own chart, we're understanding this is how we've known ourselves to be. This is the vehicle, the filter through which we've engaged with our evolutionary purpose. But to evolve, we need to be able to embrace a more expanded notion of self. So that polarity, the north node, is going to challenge the duality that is created by way of our strong fixation on this is who I am. So for every 12 by 12 particular assigned house placement, we're going to have a particular fixation of identity. And, you know, identities are great. Like they develop skills and habits and patterns and knowledge and wisdom and capacities, and they can be charming and delightful, but also really annoying and irritating. And they have fixations and attachments and fears, like the whole gamu, right? Wherever there's attachment, wherever there's a strong identity is where we can say the soul evolutionary journey gets caught up. And that's that polarity of the North node that says, can you see it in this way too? Can you think of your life in these terms as well? It becomes a totally new reference point for how we look at everything. So it's how we're integrating our experiences, but in a new way, in a growth-oriented way, in an evolutionary way. It sounds like the South Node is sort of about embodiment and how you actually, as you said, embody your soul through the life, like material life. And the North Node is sort of like a growth edge. It's something that is going to take us out of that box, out of that comfort zone, out of that conception of who we think we are. I just think that's important to like stop it and really take in because sometimes I hear people talking about the South and North Node as if the North Node is like, is good and the South Node is bad. The South Node is the skin to shed and the North Node is this like, North Star that if we can just get there, we'll be self-actualized. And it seems like it's not really, <laughs> of course, it's not that. But I think that's important that it's really neither are bad it, or one's right. not good, one's not bad. It's just where you're at at a given time, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, and, you know, Maurice Fernandez said really well that the idea is to transcend the duality. So if we become overemphasized in any polarity, that's just another pattern, right? There are always mitigating situations in the chart where we can have the North node is already very developed and it's still an evolutionary direction, but then there are also lessons and things to unravel and resolve in there as well. We will also have many situations where there's simply unfinished business regarding the South node. There's more to play out. It can be particular experiences that need to be relived. And so we often fail to appreciate that this life that we live is programmed. It's intentional. It's purposeful. We, we just, that's one thing that astrology helps us to like grasp that larger view. 
there might be templates and periods of time in our life, often marked by the Saturn cycles, where we're simply playing out particular karmic dynamics. And we just have to yield ourselves to them. We don't often love hearing that because we want to think we can get what we want and do what we want and manifest what we want, but we can't. Like A practical example of that is a child coming into this world will be limited by and defined to a significant extent the social, environmental, and the nurturing reality in which they came. They will have to receive and be imprinted by that. That's a limitation. That's a fixed construct that is a part of what we chose. So we're going to come into conditions and circumstances that will nurture our soul growth experience in particular directions. So in the right timing, we can face dynamics from the past that we just haven't finished, you know, or like, you know, gifts to give and things to bring forward and complete. So there's, there's wisdom in also appreciating sometimes the South node is something to really spend time with to bring awareness there to complete things. And of course, while we're doing that, we will be also integrating the North node so we can be balanced in the South node, but it's by no means this like linear behind. And that it is a common misconception I find as well. Thank you for clarifying that and giving us a different way to look at that. Cause I think that's the last thing astrology should do is, as you said, like trap us in this dualistic thinking. It's It should open us up. So, but you were talking about the transiting nodes. I think you were getting ready to tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. So the transiting nodes operate really similarly to that of the natal nodes. The only difference is it's temporary and it's transient. So wherever the transiting south node is in this present moment, and wherever it's moving in the sky. So right now, the south node is at the very early degrees of Scorpio. Nodes move backwards, and it's soon to regress into Libra. So where that Scorpio-Libra cusp is in each of our charts, where it is, what house it's in, that's going to signify dynamics from the past that have been essential in our life journey that has shaped our experiences and our growth in the past coming to a head right now. And just like the Needle South node, there can be like seeds that were planted that are coming into fruition to complete, to give, to bring out, or unresolved dynamics that need to be met head on. There can also be strong attachments and dynamics that come up that can, in a way, be a hook for us to stay stuck there. The transiting North node in general will symbolize the present moment, ongoing evolutionary direction that we can embrace through choice. So it's for everyone right now the North Node's early Taurus moving into late Aries. Wherever that is, whatever house that is in our charts, that's the area of life that corresponds an ongoing evolutionary direction where we are learning more about ourselves, more knowledge, more information, more insight into who we are, new way of seeing. And of course, this is more mitigated by various factors. Let's say you have a planet in your natal chart where the south node is or where the north node is or aspecting other planets or you have the transiting nodes on your needle nodes so there are many ways in which we will each be interfacing with these cycles but the general meaning of it is very similar to how we would read a needle chart that's super helpful as well i think we tend to make it more complicated (laughs) than it needs to be when interpreting things like this so yeah it's what house is it in And of course, it's going to be in Libra and Aries. So it's about understanding those energies as well. This axis, I I have been thinking about so much as I shared with you. So I'm a Libra rising. I think if you listen, you you probably know that. And my 
my son Vinny is an Aries rising and he's got a lot of placements in Aries. So I've been thinking a lot about the energy of these two signs. And I would love to hear from you too, Ari, what comes to mind when you think of this particular energetic axis? Great. It's so rich. And obviously it's it's becoming very active and very alive right now in the collective. And we'll speak about that. I've been loving thinking about it. And I was just sharing with you, but if, for those listening, if you haven't listened to your recent podcast on people pleasing, it's excellent and really well expressed because that is Libra 101, like hands <laughs> down. So much of the psychology and the growth edge and the challenges within the Libra archetype has so much to do with, and you express it as self-awareness externalized. Like we're incredibly aware of ourselves, but in a social sense. So I want to say it like this, to look at Libra, there's a superpower in Libra, which is the ability to be aware of others. And just like think about how beautiful that is to be aware of another person. If that's healthy, it's awareness of another, the ability to listen. What do you like? What do you need? How can I be more present with you? It's like such a wonderful attunement. Libra is the natural counselor. And we all know what it's like to be with someone that's really listening and has no other agenda or ulterior motive. But the distortion within this archetype is where that power of listening and awareness of other is mixed up and entangled with the need to be approved of, the need to be liked. So that's where we have the archetype of people-pleasing and a general sense of my sense of self, the ground of my own being, is so deeply entangled with being accepted and approved of by others. So it creates a massive distortion where it's hard within the Libra archetype sometimes to genuinely know what do I want? What's right for me? Because it's impossible to gauge that when our attachment, so let's take the idea of the south node in Libra. And this is anyone who has strong Libra, south node in Libra, south node in the seventh house. And then collectively, wherever Libra is in your chart, this is where the nodes are moving, the south node. So this is where there can be a very strong identification with, I feel balanced and whole within myself if my external reality is reflecting approval. So when that is an identification, the soul is going to create relationship experiences where unconsciously each individual is going to settle into a particular role. We don't consciously think of it this way, but if we need to be affirmed of by other people, if we need others to like us, we're going to be manifesting experiences in relationship where we're going to play out and make manifest what it means to be likable, which means the people we're with are going to either have strong preferences of who we are, strong ideas about how we need to meet them, very strong expectations, or we're going to just be so entangled in projecting that. See, it's all about vibrational match. When we're in a healthy state of mind, we're going to nurture healthy relationships and likely we'll be relating to people in ways that nurture balance and authenticity and sincerity. But if we're really stuck in the need to be approved of, the, the relationships that, that stick, that are more messy, that are deeper, that are more long-term are going to be a vibrational match to us. So other people's patterns 
and unconsciousness will just fit right in. And that's like the beautiful thing about Libra is it's, it's, it's always balanced in that sense. Like our needs, which we may not be honest with ourselves about, but like our needs are always going to be matched perfectly by the unique reality of another person. So we settle into these roles and this is where all kinds of kind of codependencies can come in. You're this and I'm this. I do this and you feel good. You do this and I feel good. And we don't challenge that status quo. This is learned. This is so much of our social conditioning. Astrologically, this is expressed through the square between Libra and Capricorn, which we will talk about because a big part of this nodal axis is Pluto squaring the nodes. And then the eclipse season later this year really activates that. So let's take a moment to understand the Capricorn Libra relationship. And then we'll move into Aries and also look at the Aries Capricorn relationship. Squares are very dynamic and they're very helpful for kind of getting some of the deeper dimensions of an archetype. Capricorn is social conditioning and we grow up in a social reality. Our parents, our culture, our family our society, our country, and just like the general epoch in which we live. There's a Mm -hmm. climate for what it means to be a human and what's right, what's appropriate. Mm -hmm. A lot of these things are important. For example, if you live in a day and age where people drive cars, it's right to learn the rules of driving cars, things like that, like to do it right. But a lot of these things are what we can simply define as patriarchal conditioning, meaning projections of right and wrong and judgments and roles and all that kind of stuff. That's been a big part of our human experience for a while. Within that becomes gender roles, gender norms, relationship constructs, and relationship expectations. From the gamut of like women are this, men are this, to the gamut of this is what's allowed, this is what's not allowed. This is what a relationship means. This is what it means to be loyal. This is what it means to be a good person. All of these ideas that basically encourage repression where we conform to external standards of right without necessarily being encouraged to know ourselves from within. And the cultural climate says you are approved of and see Capricorn is sensitive to judgment. That's the biggest issue with Capricorn judgment. I I don't want to get, you know, it's like a social shaming dynamic. Mm -hmm. If I do something wrong, let's say you're in school, you're in class and you're a child, the most embarrassing thing would be doing something wrong and the teacher calling on you. Or if you do something wrong and you get sent out and you get put into timeout or you get put into suspension, like there's such a big social consequence to being wrong, to doing the wrong thing. But when we associate so much judgment and shame and harshness to that, one, we might find that we become so conditioned by a tight, repressive way of living in this world that we don't know how to differentiate between what's true and natural and what's deeply embedded in our learning. So when we apply that to the Libra archetype, we're looking at the entire realm of relationship. And what's really challenging in learning harmony and balance and joy and peace and functioning in a good way in our relationships and feeling good about ourselves is we're working through so many expectations and assumptions about how we're supposed to be on every level of our being. Mm -hmm. So the the Libra South Node is directly addressing that. One basic point of differentiation, am I doing this because I want to Mm -hmm. or because I have to? And 
sometimes it's hard to determine, well, I, I want to do this because I want to be liked or I want them to be happy. The whole dynamic of codependent patterns are such that we will do what we don't want. And you spoke about this beautifully. We'll do what we don't want to do, but actually feel good about it because we are so addicted to the affinity of relationship. I feel good with this person. So I'm denying my own truth, my own values, but I feel good about that. So it might take a lot of honesty and really some deep unraveling to actually locate what's true, what's right. And the word that I want to use is feeling. Libra corresponds to feelings. This is actually something that I, I often find is misunderstood. Feelings and emotions are very similar, and I'm fine with them being used interchangeably, but from a very clear sort of definitive way of understanding each term. Feelings literally is of the senses, and it's, it's what we're in relationship with. If you're feeling something, it implies a certain level of consciousness. Like I can be so engaged in conversation and my dog's like biting my toe and I may not be feeling that because my attention isn't there. Mm -hmm. So feeling in general is a Venusian thing and it corresponds to the, both the social relational element of Venus, which is Libra, and also the sensual element of Venus, which is Taurus. Mm -hmm. So feelings will basically be a way of noticing what's happening on the inside. How do I feel about this? And feeling always, always bespeaks being in relationship with. And this is one of the things that we might often miss with Libra. Relationship isn't just outside, external, because the deeper teaching in life is that there isn't an outside. Mm. And one of the deeper gems of the Libra journey is really it's all just being reflected back to us. People don't make us feel a certain way. People aren't the source of our happiness and fulfillment either, but nor can we polarize and just deny the importance of relationship too. And I'll maybe get to that. It is all inside. So there's an element of the inner lover, the inner beloved, being in relationship with our inner being. And it's necessary in the Libra journey to be cultivating a loving, accepting voice and dialogue, inner conversation with our inner being that affirms whatever is, what ever is. And it has to almost be a reparenting process. And this, again, is implicit in that square to Capricorn and that square to Cancer. We can say the emotional addiction to affinity and feeling good with another. The Cancer Capricorn acts in general can just speak so strongly to how we're taught and how we're conditioned, how we're raised, what we learn growing up. Through that square to Libra, we need to, in some sense, learn how to listen. So like listening skills really is self-intimacy skills because we can't really yes. listen to another without being interrupted by a, what do I do about that? Or how do I respond to that? Or how do I give to that person? How do I make that person feel good? Or listen, Libra is polarized. So there are dimensions within the Libra archetype. That's not just about being nice and polite and people pleasing. Libra is everything. It's the whole spectrum of relationship and the polarizations and the extremes that we go into, Libra can very much be, I need you to be this. I can't listen to you. I'm incapable of meeting and accepting you because, you know, honey, I came home today and I, I, I was thinking I really want to sleep with this other person. And the, how much capacity does one have to just listen to that? 
It's like, I can't listen to that. That's, 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 that's rejection. That's unfair. That's not right. That's not our agreement. So the ability to really be with another, however they're manifesting, is 100% an extension of our ability to be with ourselves, hands down. And it's about feeling. I'm listening and I'm feeling something, but I'm still, I don't agree. I think that's wrong. Oh, it's triggering. It's uncomfortable. I'm insecure. I don't know what to do with that. Here we are. Like That's like such a deep wisdom in the Libra archetype, remembering that Libra is cardinal air. So all air signs share a certain commonality with one another. The mental vigilance, the duplicity, the quick to respond. It's very, in fact, Libra is very instinctive. Adam Ginsberg once said, a beautiful quote that helped land a lot for me. Libra is as instinctive as Aries. It's just instinctive about other people. It's externalized in that way. And we can be behaving and acting in very instinctive ways that does not reflect a very refined ground of self-awareness and self-respect and self-knowledge. So we have all of those experiences within the Libra archetype. And I'll just close this piece with you know, this one thought. We create extremes for ourselves, And the extremes are realized by way of our feeling body speaking to ourselves. So... I'm compromising, I'm compromising, I'm doing something I don't really want, I'm going along with the flow or whatever it might be. At a certain point, there's just the reality of how does it feel? Mm-hmm. And that again, that square to cancer, do I feel nurtured? Do I feel loved? Do I feel at home? And that square to Capricorn, everything looks good. Everything looks right. I'm filling up all the boxes, but is it livable? Yeah. And so the thing that we learn in Libra through all of the work that we do is conscious communication. And I'm not speaking about it in terms of like a trademark modality, just like that, what like the essence of what it is. And there are amazing modalities out there that support us in learning this, but just the idea of communicating consciously. And this is where relationship, especially when two people are doing that work together, whether whatever the relationship form is, become such a rich terrain of soul growth and healing because it gets to be a path where the bottom line intention is I want to position my mind, my thinking in a way where I accept you and love you and appreciate you for who you are and myself. And I allow for this journey to be only about deepening in that. And that might push up against all the subtle nuances of should have to need to, expecting to, and all of that. But this is a big part of the learning to communicate. No, yes, (laughs) I don't know. Let me take some space with that. There's such richness in that. I am just like eating up everything you're saying. I've been thinking so much about Venus because Venus is about to turn retrograde or be in the retrograde shadow as we're talking Within three days of the nodes changing signs, Venus will Mm -hmm. be retrograde. And of course, that's speaking to what's going on in Libra. And so I'm just thinking this is all happening at the same time, right? Like these experiences of rethinking what we really want and being pressed to really dig into, as you said, that feeling body of like, what does it, does it feel good or not? And if it doesn't, what what outdated moral frameworks are keeping me in this pattern of 
things that aren't working for me and really aren't working for everybody else, even though that might be why I think I'm doing them for other people. It's not helping anyone. So let's get real about it. So that's the timing is just it's I was going to say it's hard to believe, but it's not because it's divine timing. It's how it's no. supposed to happen. Yeah. So that is so, so helpful about Libra and the squares mm -hmm. to the Cancer Capricorn axis as well. I loved what you said about instinct as well. And the fact that both Aries and Libra have this instinct, it's just <laughs> instincts of what we should do <laughs> in an, in a societal, a social situation versus a more inner in instinctual experience in Aries. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for example, Aries can be like, just thinking of this earlier, I'm going to go and work out and push myself and, you know, you can work out and just have no clue what you're doing. And you're just like working out like this one particular muscle group. And as a result, you're, you hurt yourself because you're not balanced. Mm -hmm. If you're going to work one muscle group, you got to work another muscle group, right? It's like, so Aries will dive headfirst into experience and create so much imbalance and chaos as a result of being unrefined not intelligent, mm -hmm. not thought. And that's the learning curve within Aries. I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going, but I have this energy and this drive and I want to go there and push through and experience something new. So Aries gets into these extremes of imbalance and it's just learning more thoughtfulness as it goes. But it's very similar to Libra because I'm going to enter into a relationship, experience something or try what it's, you know, try on what it's like to orient in this way. And then to realize, oh, that's actually a particular extreme. And I've hooked in this pattern of I know myself or I feel good about myself if I act this way and I'm getting this kind of external feedback. And you mentioned in your podcast that there can be a sort of social anxiety in Libra because we don't know how to stand in our own. It's like we need the environment to tell us who to be. What do I say? What do I do? So Jeff Green often taught that Libra is inherently imbalanced. It's a learning balance. And a part of that learning of balance will be the manifestation of extremes. And if that's the coolest thing about that, any part of our being that's disowned will find and manifest human experience in time and space. That's what time and space is for, really, just like give us experience to learn from and use it wisely. That will almost represent the polarity to where we've been on such, you know, one side of things. So this can happen within one lifetime. This can happen within, you know, from life to life. Really, it's all about pushing up against where has our sense of self and identity been polarized into different extremes and social roles and constructs and who I should be. So we're going to reach an evolutionary edge in any kind of extreme. Mm -hmm. And even the extreme of being like a really helpful, loving, kind person that's grounded and solid, it's, there's still something there. Like, what is it like to not give? What is it like to not be available? And so there might be a need to, for the counselor to stop their practice at a certain point and not see any clients and stop answering phone calls because we need to continue to find out who am I when I take that away? This whole journey is just like that too, that too. Like that's just another concept. That's another concept that I'm holding on to. So this is all a part of it. I want to say too, if we look at, the inconjunct between Libra and Pisces. And Jeff Green talked a lot about the inconjunct between Libra and Pisces and Libra and Taurus, the Yod, 
with Libra at the apex is a lot of insight in general. I encourage everyone to just creatively do this when you have time to just think of things. Think about the relationship between signs and other signs according to their aspect. It just, it's a beautiful way of like bringing out more insight and nuance, you know? So that in conjunct with Pisces and Libra teaches us something really interesting that I think we get very confused about being that we're also in the age of Pisces and there are a lot of sort of like spiritual misunderstandings here. Unconditional love is very different than having a need. And they don't, they don't, they're not in contradiction of one another. For example, being in a state of unconditional love doesn't mean you shouldn't tell someone, no, I don't eat bread. Or I don't like being touched that way. One doesn't conflict the other, but what happens is we often associate love and loving and being forgiving with not getting in the way because Pisces doesn't want to get in the way, right? It's like, that's like a shadow piece of not getting in the way of other people's ideas of us. So there's no real forgiveness or healing in denying ourselves what we want. And it's important to recognize that often we spiritualize the idea of like wanting or needing. We each on our own journey need to decide and determine what we want and if we deny it, it's not going to go away. Right. In the very least, everything has to be brought out consciously. And this is a very important distinction within Libra as well. It seems like this time of the nodes being in Libra and Aries is going to bring up situations within our relationships where we have to clarify what we want. Indeed. Indeed. And dealing with that is a part of it. So what? who am I when the other person is disappointed? Who am I when they're angry, when they get reactive? And who am I when they can't give me what I want, when I ask and the answer is no? Also trust. Like how many of us think of ourselves as someone that will be direct, right? Like let's, let's, like, let's make that an intention for ourselves during this time. What would it be like to become a very direct and honest person? Say what you want. Don't play any games. And the, the, the codependency is often, well, I don't know if the other person's playing a game or are they being direct? There's something around just being solid in our own vibration and letting everyone be who they are. One of the challenges in Libra can be this like inner state. I have a lot of Libra. So like, I really know what this experience is like. If I don't feel in, in harmony with someone that I'm attached to, or I'm needing to feel in harmony with, or believing that I'm needing, it, a big problem throughout my whole life, a big evolutionary edge has been this like profound state of disbalance, yeah. like feeling just not good in myself. Like it's hard to, to settle. It's hard to rest. It's hard to be grounded, right? And one thing that's learned in Libra as one matures is to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Like just that it's okay. And it comes back to that inner dialogue. It's okay to be who you are. It's okay to feel and want what you want and whatever's happening with others around you. It's okay. It's like stay in your center and we are learning to invite to be an invitation for conscious, clear relationships. So it's important that we're working on this within ourselves. 
with whatever relationship dynamics are manifest in our life right now, our responsibility is to become an invitation for conscious, clear, clean relationship. And we do that by learning to take full responsibility for our needs, our intentions, our motivations, and to being honest and transparent individuals. It can be very easy to be duplicitous and lie. We have to be really mindful of that within the Libra archetype. Incredibly easy to pretend. I remember when I was a child, I had this common Libra thing where someone would ask me if I wanted something or they would offer me food and I would say no, but really it was yes. I don't really know. Like it's some sort of idea. I think it's like that Pisces Libra in my own chart. Actually, it's some sort of idea that if I say yes, I'm bothering them and I don't want to bother them. And it's really crazy thinking about that. I had this like one memory of being at my friend's house and their mother was like offering me and I just kept on saying no but I was like really hoping she would still do it anyway. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. No, I know this. I, I know this experience and you end up then doing that for other people and it gets annoying to them. Like when they tell you no, you think, oh, well, maybe they just want me to <laughs> keep oh, right. asking. Take and- note. Yeah. Yeah. Honor the no. That's beautiful to really just respect people's no and then let them figure that out. It's so, it's so great. And that's, you know, it is, it is, as a, as, as parents, one thing that we learn is, so every relationship has its own needs and has its own teachings. And we have to appreciate that certain people in certain environments or conditions or circumstances need to be related to in certain ways. And there's nothing wrong with that. Something that I'm learning is to a significant degree, I don't think it's useful most of the time to give my children a choice in terms of what I'm feeding them. Because they don't necessarily know how to choose that. They don't yet know how to define or identify, I want this food. Their their awareness of the food is still pretty limited or their awareness, if left to their own, they might just eat a lot of chips. So there is importance in knowing when to play certain roles. And it could also be the kindness of checking in. Hey, I noticed you said no, but I'm not sure if I believe you. Is it true? Like that... There's a way to do that and owning it versus the entangled pattern of needing to parent everyone to. So there's something in that Libra journey of being able to kind of touch base with our feeling and sense like what's balanced in this situation. What's interesting too, since that Libra Capricorn Cancer Square is very important, we will take these dynamics into our family, not just our relationships. We will teach them to our children How do we affirm boundaries? How do we allow ourselves to be spoken to? How do we allow ourselves to be treated? What are our needs? How do we communicate that? How do we honor the needs and the individuality of our children without rejecting or shaming their reality, but also creating good boundaries? These are all very important lessons that come with the whole incredibly colorful and diverse world of Libra. We have the nodes this, I think, July, right? Exacting the square to Pluto. This is like the the transit of 2023. So it exacts the square. And then after, I think, late July or so, we have sort of the second half of this Pluto square in the nodes where it's beyond that square. Pluto square in the nodes is really highlighting kind of everything that we've been speaking to, but like the evolutionary trajectory of Pluto and Capricorn 
is wanting and it's it's retrograded back into Capricorn. So it's like a, a last hurrah or second to last hurrah to really unearth this is the word that I would use. Where we become so conditioned by fixed and ingrained patterns of compromise and repression and sacrifice in our lives. It is really pushing us to look at ourselves and our agreements and our contracts and to bring out that core differentiating point. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Do I want to do this? Is this, is this what I want? And facing all of our own internalized judgments, well, it's not okay to want that. That's wrong or that's selfish or that's not right. And I, you know, this is where we should give some attention to that North Node in Aries because that is the evolutionary lead point. That North Node in Aries says, what is the next step on your own evolutionary journey? So, you know, maybe before we touch base with the eclipses, we can give a little bit of attention to this. The North Node in Aries relative to that South Node in Libra says, our evolutionary growth is in really learning how to individuate. To, to, to be more instinctive and visceral in our life in embracing our own leading edge evolutionary growth. Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And this might very much mean facing that discomfort of other people's judgments, disapprovals, or our fear of it, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be able to be leaders of our own soul journey and respect the free will of other people as well. Aries, in the end of the day, we can't really judge what a person's choosing to do, what they want, what they don't want. It isn't for us to judge. We don't have enough wisdom. We don't have enough knowledge to like be able to see it that clearly and that broadly. So we have to appreciate everyone is choosing what they're choosing. And when we let go of the grip, we let go of the entanglement, we can say, ah, I'm creating a space in my life where Every relationship in my life is because we're showing up in our freedom, in our free will. That's how we're, so whenever the South Node is manifesting somewhere, we, when we do that South Node work, we can say we're doing it with respect to the North Node. That's how we heal any patterns there. So what is it like to be in relationship? Because it's what I'm wanting to do. What is it like to give? Because it's what I'm wanting to do. And we, we have to differentiate between you know, social obligations and like where, where this can become a confusing dynamic is where it's like Pluto and Capricorn can be the karma of irresponsibility. Oh, Aries North Node. Well, I don't want to feed my children today. So forget about that. That isn't the teaching. We have karmic contracts according to the nature and purpose of each relationship that we know in our soul. That's all I can say. We know it in our soul. So this is about showing up for our relationships engaging it with our greater agency. It's so incredibly important. And I want to say something that I think is oftentimes not appreciated enough in our culture. Like it's good. There's a lot of empowerment around like stick up for yourself. Don't put up with bad situations. And it's never for me to judge like what a person should do in, in any kind of relationship dynamic. I just don't know. And we all make our own choice and it's all a part of our learning. But there's a tendency to go from an experience in a relationship that had its lessons. In 99% of the cases, there's no demon there. It's just two souls working it out and they all have their things, right? But usually one person might be the like one 
in the leadership role, one might be in the following role, and that will like come to like a, a crisis point at a certain point. And then the follower is like, I'm standing up for this toxic situation and getting myself out of here. Like where we polarize our minds based on our challenging experiences. And maybe that's helpful for some of us sometimes because it, it at least builds a, a, a structure from which we can then start exploring something else. But what I really want to emphasize is within the context of each relationship as it is, the teaching, the richness, like the real wisdom here is more, how can I grow and meet the presence of each relationship from the point of view of what am I saying yes to? Not so much this idea of I'm leaving this relationship or rejecting the relationship because it's a bad relationship or a bad person. Subtly, even if that might be important at times for some of us at times, subtly we're not embracing our own free will and our own power. We're giving our power away to the relationship that was bad for us. There is profound wisdom and peace in being able to kind of find our repose and our self-knowledge and our wisdom that is identifying what we want, what's right for us, what we don't want to do, and to bring that forward. And that might mean facing a lot of uncomfortable dynamics and reaction. Most of the time, when we do that, if we're willing to just stay grounded and soft and non-defensive or not fawn either, if we do that, we'll find things work themselves out. Like what wants to be clarifies itself. Like the other person might join you in that work. And suddenly it's like they're unraveling things. Whereas in a different moment in time, that would have been the ending of the relationship. It's really just how does the relationship wish to come into expression now How does it want to manifest with this greater awareness? You know, that might happen. Or it just might reveal gently, naturally, from a a non-defended, non-fearful place. So we can say an important offering to this access is eliminate fear from relationships by way of learning how to be maximally self-aware and engage consciously And to just be very open to see where does that go? Where does that go? When we're really open to this hearing and and being real, like intimacy is like what's really real here. When that's more important than anything else. Byron Katie has a book called I Need Your Love. Is it true? And what I love about her is she's always inviting us to question our strongly held assumptions and beliefs about what we need. And this is great in a relationship because we think we need other people to do things for us or behave certain ways for us to feel good about ourselves. We think we need other people to love us, whatever that means. But if we question that, we realize I need your love. When I hold on to that thought, I'm actually keeping myself and I'm keeping you in this like box of like, it needs to be this way and I need to feel this way around you. Otherwise, I won't feel good. I won't feel happy with myself. Is it true? I need I need your love. I need to feel this way. Like we actually reclaim our power. We reclaim the freedom and the joy and the open road of our life yeah. when we are just willing to not need to answer 
and define what everything should be. So that's a big part of how we want to understand this Aries archetype, this Aries North Node in light of these transits right now. So important, so important to, as what I took from what you were describing just now is to not walk away from conflict, basically. That, I mean, when I think about relationships from a spiritual point of view, they help us grow. And we can't grow if we never engage or we just throw up our hands and say, you know what, I can't talk to you. My husband and I are Mercury placements square almost exactly. And so this is like, <laughs> this is a thing that's, I feel like my marriage is like a, a testing ground for this, what we're talking about, you know, just staying in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And as you said, being incredibly honest and, and showing up for yourself within that relationship. And it doesn't have to be an argument, right? It doesn't have to be a, a contentious conversation. It can be, as you said, this is how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? It can be a dialogue and not a, a debate. Right. So that was really beautiful. Thank you for giving us that insight on Aries. I want to share too that, you know, in Sinistry, right? If we look at our Venus, right? That's going to be so profound because when it comes down to it, Venus as a ruler of Taurus and Libra really does say we each have our own preferences and needs and we're delighted by life in different ways. You know, so Michelle and I joke every day practically that we see everything differently. Our Venus is square each other. Mm. And everything that we, almost everything that we can talk about in terms of like aesthetics or how to solve something, it's like, we just think of it completely. So the Mercury element, I can understand that too, but Venus from the point of view of what are our, what are my needs? How do I like it? How do I want it to be? We like, we overlap, but different food preferences. And, and that's the beautiful thing about Libra and the Venus archetype in general is it creates almost like a third entity, like a relationship becomes its own ecosystem because yeah. each person has their own, their, each person is its own species that needs its own forms of nourishment. It has its own style. And when that, when, when compromise and, you know, denying oneself isn't the ground, it really creates something that neither individual, like sometimes I'll start a project and then she'll give input. And I'm like, I never would have thought of that or the other way around. And it's actually, I'm blown away by, how that benefits growth to happen simply because not one person will ever be able to share the same preferences and likes as another. So there's like a, a beautiful growth and expansion that can happen in that way. So tell us a little bit about the eclipses that are coming up in the fall. Okay. So eclipses are meaningful because it's basically where the new and the full moons happen on the nodes. So this is highlighting the nodal theme. The eclipses that happen during every nodal cycle highlights the evolutionary theme of those nodes. These eclipses happening in Libra Aries squaring Pluto. So it's just worth emphasizing these eclipses are significant because it's highlighting this evolutionary theme. What's beginning now in the next couple months as the nodes regress and squares Pluto in the next month, really, that is like the next phase in this evolutionary theme. The Venus retrograde that's happening along with this is another facet of it. And then the eclipses that happen after the Venus retrograde is like another important nodal point in this whole healing Libra Capricorn journey of 2023. 
I'm so excited to see how this all weaves together because so much of what you've been saying about Libra is what I've been thinking about with Venus retrograde. I've really been like thinking a lot about desire and getting to the root of understanding what we really desire, differentiating that from what other people want us to want from marketing or just, you know, societal frameworks, family frameworks, whatever the case. And I think that we're going to really get a chance to clarify as, as we keep saying through these relationships, who we want to be, who we came here to be. And it may not feel comfortable, but it's, it's going to be really, really powerful for all yeah, of us. I really think. essential. Yeah. 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 Ari, I'm so happy you wanted to come back and talk with us again. Where can people find you on the internet? AriMoshat.com. And I have a training program, a self-study version, a live version for those that have studied the EA work and are already familiar with the basics. I'm beginning the part two training program in August. And I have ongoing classes and series on various topics. So I also do sessions and long-term soul-to-soul companionships. All of that can be found on my website. And we'll have that in the description of this episode. We really appreciated other... the, the receptivity to our last talk. I was really just touched by that. So felt me too. Like that. that was fantastic. Well, it was a great conversation, so I'm not surprised. But <laughs> yeah, we'll link that below as well. If y'all want to get a primer on the nodes and Pluto, that was super thorough. Listen to that episode as well. And in the meantime, happy change of the nose. And thank you so much, Ari. Thank you. Appreciate it.